1: Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra I lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and ghost, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we have an NWSL weekend recap for everybody. But we've also got some breaking news to chat a little bit about. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder. Watch all of our episodes and exclusive interviews on YouTube. Subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live youtube.com slash attacking third. Good morning, Lisa. We're, it's been a little while since we've done one of these, the early brew type of episode. How are you doing today?
0: I am so good. It's good to be back home traveling this weekend, this past weekend. Um, but it's good to be back. There was definitely a lot that happened. I mean, obviously the games across the weekend, which we will get into, were very exciting. A lot of action. A lot of goals. I don't think I predicted that we would have this many goals scored this weekend in the NWSL, but it's always fun to talk about the goals. And then, of course, the news that we have to get into, but um, it's great to see you. And on this Monday morning, of course, I've got my coffee, so I'm ready to go.
1: But how are you, buddy? How was your weekend? It was good. It was full of, it was full of like NWSL action. The WNBA semifinals kicked off, or tipped off, I should say. Um, exciting times, I think. For, yeah, you like, have to switch um, your lingo from like soccer to, to basketball. Yeah, I know, right? Kicked off, off. Off. Um, but I loved it though. I, um, I think this is like one of the best times in like women's pro sports, quite frankly. Like you've got NWSL and they're like final third of the regular season. A bunch of teams are, you know, jockeying for position on the table and uh, you've got the four semifinalists going head-to-head in WNBA. Um, so it's, it's exciting. I, I love it. I love this time of year. It's like summer's winding down, but you've got competition <laughs> creeping up or escalating uh, in, women, in the Women's Pro League. So uh, I, I'm here for it, and I know you're here for it, and I know we're going to recap some NWSL A weekend action. But uh, first, we wanted to lead off this episode. With some of the news that dropped, because last time we joined everyone, Lisa, it was to preview these matches, to make some picks, to talk a little bit about some of the goings on right across the league. But some things have dropped since we were all last together. Let's start with this most recent one that folks might have seen already. If you've uh, been browsing the Internet, Uh, Trinity Rodman is no longer going to be able to compete uh, in the September friendly. She has a family commitment. So Racing Louisville midfielder Savannah DeMello will replace Rodman on the U.S. women's national team roster. It is her first senior call-up. Exciting times.
0: Huge. This is very exciting. Um, this news just dropped, like, maybe 20 minutes ago. I don't know. My timing's all off this morning, but it dropped this morning. Um, a tweet, I saw it as a tweet and then a press release from the U S W N T coming out Trinity Rodman having, um, to go with her family during this break. So she can't do that, which, um, it's very timely because this was the last weekend that we would see the internationals, right? They're now going away, uh, to train with the U S ahead of these friendlies coming up. But DeMello is, Um, This is huge for her, and this is so, so, so well-deserved. She has done fantastic this year, Um, three goals, one assist. She's started every single game that she's played in, 17 appearances for Racing Louisville, and she leads all rookies in the NWSL with minutes played. So it's truly impressive. In July, she was named the NWSL Rookie of the Month. Um, This is a player that's really taken on a lot in a role that needs to – have someone, needs to have a veteran. And at racing level in their midfield, they don't have that. They're struggling to find a lot of leadership, a lot of connectivity, someone to really um, take ownership of their team and of scoring goals. And Savannah DeMello is someone that completely did that. She she stepped up. She's shown that she can uh be a threat defense or be a threat on set pieces. Uh when she picks up the ball centrally, she can run at players and and then spray the ball out wide. And then defensively she makes big stops for them. It's a huge um asset for racing Louisville. And the fact that she's now getting a call up for the senior national team is massive. Now positionally I always think it's interesting when one player goes out and they call in another player um uh, similar to like Emily Sonnet and and anything else that has happened this year that's out of the position. Now there is a plethora of forwards on this USWNT roster. So the fact that they decided to call in another midfielder, um, I'm not that surprised, but it's still interesting when that happens. It's not a like for like swap by any means, by any means, Rodman to DeMello. So um, this is six defenders now, eight midfielders because – DeMello keeps adding into that midfield group and then six forwards up top for this USWNT roster.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's a point um, that you sort of plucked out amongst all the other kind of bullet points in this, you know, player getting called up. Cause for me, that was the one that, you know, sticks out the most, right? It was a little bit similar energy for me when we saw Ashley hatch exit that CONCACAF W championship. And we saw Sam Coffee get called into the mix I was like, okay, cool. So, like, DeMello coming in, like, that's very awesome. Like, let's celebrate that. Um, but it's definitely not a like for, like, swap. Like, two different players for sure, not just positionally, but in terms of, like, you know, what they present uh, on the pitch. But uh, exciting for sure. Like, I I was like, yes, like, you would love to see it. Of course, I'm going to, like, make the plug on this uh, episode right now. You know, we did have an interview with Savannah DeMello. I just want to remind everybody that they can – uh, filter back and go go and find that it was um, uh, Women's Cup uh, heavy, but it was cool to talk to her a bit about her rookie season, her first year adapting as a professional in the league, um, and obviously you know her her ambitions for for Women's Cup and beyond as well. So it was cool to chat with her a little bit about it and then just sort of like kind of see this like story arc, like continue. So congratulations uh, are in order for her, for sure. Uh, we also have another bit of news to sort of perhaps let's re- refer to it as an update. Um, some Washington spirit news, additional news around the dismissal of uh, former head coach, Chris Ward uh, post match between the Washington spirit and Houston Dash, Oprah uh, Kingsbury, and Andy Sullivan uh, were made available to the media post game. And they issued, uh, the two of them together issued a collective statement uh, for the players. And we'll go ahead and just read that statement uh, verbatim. Uh, it reads as We would like to start off with a statement on behalf of the players. Firstly, we are frustrated that this is necessary given our history. Secondly, we are Mm -hmm. angered by Chris Ward's answers in the piece by The Athletic. We know the idiom that there are two sides to every story, but that is simply not the case in this scenario. We know his interview to be a completely inaccurate recollection of a serious situation. And furthermore, the apology offered to us last Friday demonstrates a misalignment in his words and actions towards the team. The players fully support the decision of the club to relieve him of his duties as head coach, and we have every intention of cooperating in a proper course of action as it relates to circumstances like this one. We will no longer take any questions regarding his dismissal or make any further comments on it at this time. We are focused on our current performances and the rest of our season moving forward as a group. So... Uh, a statement being released by uh, the team, spoken by Captain Andy Sullivan in that post game, uh, but that was ultimately uh, in response to a an interview piece that came out uh, via the Athletic with Chris Ward specifically. So that that is also the bit of news that that sort of dropped in between this time since we uh, did our preview episode and now we're doing our recap episode. So there was that uh, interview piece that dropped, and the games that happened. And spirit players who made this statement in postgame. So, a bit of an update that we had to go through uh, in this particular situation. Because the last time we did uh, any discussion about the Chris War dismissal was just around the fact that it was something that happened. Mm-hmm. It was done with an 11 word tweet. There wasn't a lot that was mentioned about it. I know folks were like, what does it mean? Like, there's always like the, the, the extra things that come on the tail end of those types of uh, breaking news, everyone's like, what does it mean? Or where are the additional answers? And you know, what's you know, more in depth in, in insight. And now that there's been some time that has passed more stuff has come to light. So I know a lot of folks were. we, I know for you and I, especially, Lisa, we were like, well, you want to try to follow the players lead quite frankly on this. We, we hadn't seen uh, an opening statement from the players union regarding this at, at this, at that point, when the news dropped, we hadn't seen a player statement from spirit specifically. And perhaps there wasn't, um, if, quite frankly, perhaps there wasn't an intention for the the, the players yeah. to release a statement. It sort of looks like they felt propelled to make a statement based off of, um, you know, the new information that arose within that, that interview. So. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think it's important to touch on that because we haven't talked about it yet. So yeah. the, Chris
0: Ward was relieved from his head coaching duties at the Washington Spirit early last week by an 11-word tweet sent out by the club. We talked about that last Wednesday, I believe, maybe last Thursday. Um, We we chatted about that tweet and how there was no additional information. Then the Athletic went and did – um, ex- essentially, an exclusive interview with Chris Ward, asking him about the situation, asking him to describe what happened, what happened at training on Friday the nineteenth, which has been described up until that point as just a confrontation between Ward and a player. So they asked him, "Can you explain that to us?" So in this article, he explained that they were doing a drill on the on the field at training, and there was a bit of confusion. One of the players was confused about it, and he had asked that player to go out for a sub so another player could come in. That player did not want to leave the pitch. They're competitive. They're a professional athlete. They wanted to understand. So he says, quote, there was some arguing about her going off or staying on the field. I asked her to leave again, and at the end of the day, I'm getting upset and yelling at her to get off the field. It was probably the first time all year I've raised my voice to any of the players. I certainly have a track record of yelling at referees, but it was, hey, we don't have time for this right now. You have to get off the field because we have to continue. He said if he could do it again, he would probably do it differently. But I think it's important to note that that was his statement, that really it was uh, him just asking a player to get off the field and then to have – U.S. women's national team, internationals, uh, Andy Sullivan, Aubrey Kingsbury, go immediately into their post-game presser after their match against Houston and say, before we take any questions, we have a statement. Basically, we disagree with his answer. They were angered by Ward's answers in that article. Um, And and uh, and this does not reflect their situation. So really, really different polarizing statements coming from Coach, And players at this point about what happened at training. Now there is video. Every training practice is recorded um, for the purpose of of many different things. But I I believe that the NWSL and the NWSL Players Association has that video. And that's like the evidence that they're going off of. Right. I mean, that's it's honestly best case scenario. It becomes a, a little bit of he said, she said at this point, because he said head coach Chris Ward first that it really wasn't that much he's just telling the player to get off the pitch so they can continue the drill and then the p- players coming out and saying um that is not at all what happened um this was a completely different situation so it, it's it this is a lot that is happening mean,
1: it's uh, like quite frankly like after the interview piece after the statement from the players i mean it uh it sounds like there probably will be an investigation i i haven't read anything or seen anything that that's going to be, you know, the official next steps in in this. But I think if you've got a coach who's trying to get his side out there and players who are propelled to make a statement in light of that, that for me, for Sandra, that reads as if like there will eventually be some sort of, um, further investigation around it. It was a, it was a lengthy interview. Um, that's just a snippet of it. Uh, please continue your support of women's soccer journalism and subscribe to the athletic. If you want to read the remainder of uh, the interview. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just sort of like, again, like, like starting off your post-match, uh, you know, um, press conference with a, a statement, um, I think is very, very calculated and, and very targeted, very smart, quite frankly, uh, by by the players. So um, I mean, there's no argument that Andy
0: Sullivan is incredibly intelligent, um, independent, uh, articulate player and person. So the fact that that statement came out from her, I I don't, I don't know. There's like a lot happening at the time, but I'm not surprised, right? If, if the players are angered and they have a moment to make a statement verbally, not a screenshot of, of words that they've typed up to put out um, from the NWSLPA, but verbally from a player sitting in front of a microphone in a post game presser, um, I think that was the way to do it. Get get your word out there, and then say that's the end of it. We're not discussing this. Um, let's talk about the game.
1: Yeah, so we'll. Uh, I'm. I feel like this probably isn't the end of this situation. Unfortunately, we will probably, you and I will probably come back on here and, and have another update to to talk about and sort of um, walk through to with together. And uh, we'll 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 see we'll see what happens uh, in, in the meantime. Um, but that's it for, for the for the current updates of that Washington Spirit Chris Ward dismissal for now. Congratulations once again to Savannah Demello. Uh, free agency also kicked off uh, last week. Just to let everybody know, uh, the first year going into effect for uh, with the uh, CBA amongst players, players who have had six years of service uh, can now start negotiating uh, free their free agency. Uh, amongst various clubs or their current respective clubs. There is a little bit of a hiccup, of course, in there. Nothing that's ever the first of something ever goes off. Without a hiccup, um, there is some discrepancy in terms of the official list that is out of six-year players versus a list from the Players Association that they also have additional players Um, who qualify under those terms, but there's a discrepancy in terms of option years right now on player contracts. So there's a little bit of back and forth things that will likely go to arbitration or currently in arbitration. And we will probably have an additional update on that as well. So I would like to say congratulations to the free agency season, but there's still some things that got to get ironed out. uh, Uh, Of course, there's a little
0: a little bit of of loophole happening like just a confusion in what uh the CBA actually says because those players whose contracts end this year should be able to start negotiations as a free agent um as of Friday however if there's an option the team doesn't need to let the player know of that option until November and at this point they've already lost a couple months of negotiations so it's a, it's a little bit of back and forth It really uh for those players with options they're at a Currently, how the NWSL has written it, they're at a bit of a disadvantage because they cannot um, flex that free agency until their current team decides um, if they want to use that option or not. So then those players are at a disadvantage because all the other ones are entered into free agency. This will be ironed out. It's just a matter of time. We'll let everyone know as soon as it does happen.
1: Yep. We'll be back after a quick break. We've got NWSL action to recap. We've got to go through our picks and let everybody know if we were right or if we were wrong, but we'll do that after a quick break.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: All right, let's chat NWSL weekend action. We're going to break down some of these games for you. Let's start with the big winners over the weekend. We're going to chat about teams who walked away with big wins, wins at least, you know, by two goals or more. Let's start with the biggest one, Lisa. We had Racing Louisville FC versus Chicago Red Stars. I love that we're going with this one first because you and I could not have been more wrong about this match. Memory serves me correct. You went with Racing. I had this one pegged as a draw, and Chicago Red Stars said, how about, we put on a lopsided scoreline as well. Coming off of a 4 0 loss against Chicago Red Stars, they go to Louisville and get a 4 0 win of their own. Woody, what are some of your takes from this match? I mean, Mallory Pugh,
0: welcome back. Welcome back, Mallory Pugh. She was dealing with a bit of an injury over the last several weeks, a little bit of knee inflammation. Um, Head coach Chris Petroselli saying before the game that he was giving her some rest. She was mentally super sharp, ready to get back into this game. And I mean, the opening three minutes of this match, she gets on the board, opens up the scoring for Chicago. um, And then on set pieces, Pew is their go-to set piece taker. So she also notches two assists in this match on set pieces, um, two different areas of the field, one from the far right side, one from the near left side. Uh, She ends up getting uh, two assists on goals that Yuki Nagasato scores, who another player that really has not had a lot of production, especially with the Chicago side this year, um, really struggled. I mean, that's something that Chicago has struggled with, getting on the board and scoring a lot of goals. Defensively, they've had a lot of injuries. They've gone through a lot, but they've still been really sound defensively because Alyssa Nairn Goal has come up with huge saves and, and really kept her team in a lot of matches but it's been the offensive production that has something uh, that chicago's really struggled with but a brace from pew a brace from Nagasato, two assists from pew um they looked incredibly dangerous they controlled a lot of the game they had a lot of momentum they were able to work around the spaces around racing louisville that was really impressive and fun to watch and, and meanwhile for racing louisville They struggled in this match to to keep possession, to slow down Chicago and what they were able to do. Um, Bracing Louisville is dealing with a bit of uh, rotation in their formation that they're trying to play. They're trying to add a little bit more support and stability in the midfield. So it's not just two rookies in Jalen Howell and Savannah DeMello, but adding in Chuang Wong into that midfield to give a little bit more depth and personality. Uh, But against a very experienced Chicago side, it 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 wasn't practiced enough from Racing Louisville, so Chicago steamrolled Racing Louisville. I'm gonna say it.
1: <laughs> I, um, yeah, it was it's like it was a little bit of a flip of the script for me because we've seen we've seen Racing do really well on 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 set piece opportunities, whether they're you know stoppage play, free kick kind of plays or corner kicks, right? And we saw Chicago build on their set piece play as well. It's 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 a, it's a method of, of which they've been scoring goals. This season, it was good to be able to see them be able to continue that, you know, this late into the season for them. Um, but I'm with you. I, I think it was the Mal Pugh show, 100 percent. in this match literally from from the beginning, um, the Red Stars getting on the scoreboard in this one right in in the third minute. And I, I think what I really loved about this was it was this kind of link up between um, uh, Bianca St. George's and Mallory Pugh. Uh, this sort of I wouldn't say actual like duo pairing because she's in a week pack. Wing back position and you've got Pew's kind of constantly running everywhere, but these two particular players for the red stars have had some pretty, some early season chemistry and maybe perhaps it got a little shifted as both of these players um, are, are personnel for the U S women's national team and the Canadian national team. So sometimes when you have like a, a disruption in, in the club play, sometimes you got to like work your way back into it. So the sort of seeing these two, be able to link up pretty early in this game, I think, um, you know, kind of bodes well, I think, for the for the Red Stars moving forward. Now, they, these two players are called in to, to U.S. camps and Canada camps outside of this game. Uh, so we'll see if that's going to be a little bit of a disruption between these two as they just got back <laughs> this month. But it was nice to see that the two of them get still sort of uh, a link up a bit. And and Pew just – getting another goal, getting another couple assists. I mean, two goals, two assists, that's a massive game to go off on to yeah. senior camps, you know, it, it, that's huge. Um, but, yeah, love, love this game for a player like Yuki Nagasato. I think she's a player who made her return to Chicago, a team that she's, she had been with in the, uh, since her arrival to the NWSL, and then briefly st- spent that one season – in Louisville, but is back now. And is another player who has tried to get kind of, I think integrated back into this system, because while she's back with the red stars, it's a new system for her uh, Mm -hmm. that she hadn't necessarily played in with the red stars prior. And I still think that the the Chicago team was kind of figuring out like how to best utilize her frankly. So to see her be able to, to get on the scoreboard as well, I think was very, very, very big. I think maybe lifts off something uh, for, for her as a player. But I think if you're the Red Star sort of looking where you're at going into this weekend and then where you're at coming out of, big big win for them and uh, loved loved. It. I was laughing through this game a little bit, Lisa, because I was like, oh my god, we're gonna come we're gonna come on this show and we were just like completely wrong with yeah. with, uh, with this pick. I, I I love it. You like it. I love it. Uh, congrats to the Red Stars. We had another win though. Let's talk a little bit about Portland Thorns FC versus San Diego Wave FC. Wave on the road in this one. Doesn't matter. They took all three points. 2-0. Alex, Alex Morgan gets one of these goals, extends her lead in the Golden Boot race with 13 goals. Let's talk about it a little bit. Uh,
0: this game uh, for Alex Morgan was uh, fantastic. But prior to 2022, Alex Morgan had not scored more than 10 goals in one NWSL season, um, including the Challenge Cup. She has 17 goals. That's five more uh, like than... As she's ever scored in one year before that's including the Challenge Cup in, in previous years but this match for Alex Morgan was um, it, it was unstoppable the fact like th- there's so much to break down in this one. I know that um, a couple people after the game were asking me who hadn't watched the game what happened with Portland because Portland is a team that people thought were going to win this one um, we both had Portland. Yeah, match. Uh, we we thought after the midweek action, a uh, bit of a spanking from North Carolina to to Portland. That Portland was going to be fired up, ready to go, and they were. I, th- I like. I think Portland played an okay match. They they did. They controlled a lot of possession in this one, um, but they they had breakdowns that didn't really work. They, on the clearance that the initial goal from Kristen McNabb comes off of a bad misclearance from Portland Thorns. They can't get the ball out and it ends up um it still being alive for San Diego and Alex Morgan lays it off. She ends up getting the assist on this one for the opening goal from McNabb. And then Morgan notches one of her own before the second half or before the halftime. And then San Diego locked in defensively and Portland could not break down. 11 defenders of San Diego. That That's what it was. Alex Morgan was the highest player for them. And she dropped back. She became, it wasn't really a low block because as soon as San Diego got the ball, they expanded and they looked to go, but their defensive discipline to get back every single time they lost the ball was really, really impressive to watch and Portland could not break it down. I mean, but the goals from Alex Morgan, she's on top of it. And I love the little banter on Twitter between, Alex Morgan, Mallory Pugh, Sophia Smith, they're going back and forth with each other about, oh, Mal Pugh got a brace and two assists. Like, all right, I gotta see what I can do. Like <laughs> I love that banter back and forth between those two. Um the the top front runners of goal scorers. And Alex Morgan, she cements herself at the
1: top again. Yeah. Iron uh iron sharpens iron, right? That's yes. the that's the saying. I, I love that um, you know, these these this trio of players are sort of you know, trying to motivate each other. It's a trio of players that we'll, we'll likely continue to see at the, at the national team level and in some capacity, continuing to get time together. Um, so I love that. I love that energy from from the three of them. But we're talking about, you know, a, a massive game for, for Mal Pugh and her club. And this was another massive game for Alex Morgan and her club, quite frankly, uh, walking away with a goal and an assist in, in this one and uh, giving herself a little bit of cushion, right, in, in, in that golden boot race. Uh, but I think in terms of just the overall atmosphere of this match for me, I think looking at these two teams going in, and we talked about this a little bit in the, in the preview, we have two teams over their last six games with a little bit of similar record, right? Um, now with this game officially being put to bed, it's three wins, two losses, uh, two uh, and a draw for for these two teams over their last six games so walking into this match it definitely had that little bit of like playoff energy for me for sure sure. like three teams going into this weekend all level on like 28 points It's, it's you know and like coming out of this weekend with a completely different standings with which we'll go over towards the end of this episode but that was what i was looking at i was like okay let's see like who wh- which team is going to come out on top because there's not going to be a draw in this one like this one this type of game so late in the season absolutely gives you that type of energy like will these two teams actually in fact meet once more outside of the regular season and um you know we saw some good stretches of play from from Portland, but just unable to get through in the back of the net. Yasmin Ryan is continuing her really good regular season for this thorn side. You know, we saw her really kind of um, amplify her play a bit during that January window when a lot of players were gone. And I love seeing that kind of um, energy out of a player, like the whole concept of like, this is my time. This is my opportunity. I'm going to go out here and play my ass off. And I'm going to force the coaching staff to have a problem because you're going to need to keep me in the starting 11. And I feel like that's what Ryan has done over yes. the these last, you know, seven-ish weeks or so. Um, so really like the stretches of play there. Seguida looking, you know, good on the ball. At times, but it just, And Smith still like cutting up, uh, you know, back lines. But San Diego, you know, Girma versus Smith, always a matchup that I'm looking at. Love that in this one as well. But uh, just maybe we're looking now at a San Diego wave side that is past their slump a little bit. And we're looking at a Portland side that is maybe starting to hit theirs. So um, I love this game. I thought it was really good stuff on, on both sides and, and love watching the expansion side coming out on top. I do
0: too. Sandra, I want to just touch on something. A lot of times, um, As broadcasters, we have the privilege and the honor of speaking to coaches before games. And um, uh, a lot of times we get great nuggets, great stories from these coaches that don't make their way into the broadcast because we are talking so much about the game and what's happening. And we mentioned a player like Yasmeen Ryan, and I asked Reed Wilkinson about Ryan, about what she's been able to do, how she's forcing Portland to keep her on the pitch. And Rean Wilkinson was just so impressed with her and said that last year, she frankly worked her ass off and she was training every day and she was doing everything she could to get on the pitch, but she was just sitting behind some really, really good players. I mean, look at the midfield. It had Lindsay Horan, Rocky Rodriguez, like Christine Sinclair drops in there. Like there was just so many players that Ryan was playing behind. And this year she has, been given her chance and her opportunity and she took it and has been getting better and better and better every day and the Portland Thorns organization recognizes that from Ryan and so yes her play is keeping her on the pitch but they know that she has worked so hard off the pitch in the offseason last year when she wasn't getting consistent minutes at all to prove herself so it's little moments like that that Mm -hmm. I just love to see a young player thriving and Ryan is completely thriving for Portland right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. So so I, I think um this was a bit of a playoff preview. I think for, for us, I love that uh these two got to go head to head so late in, in the regular season and so close in the standings quite frankly um against each other and um of course we're we're all about the plug here right <laughs> a3 Alex Morgan walking away with a goal and the assist uh I sat down with the striker fairly recently we chatted about a bunch of things uh we talked about uh the the move the recent move to Snapdragon Stadium they're going from Torrel to Snap to Snapdragon we talked about uh you know playing for for an expansion side and and maybe the challenges uh and doing that for a third time if you're somebody like Alex Morgan uh, and we talked about all other kinds of cool things like participating um, in different theme nights with uh, with the wave and we talked about like the recent Hispanic Heritage night we talked about mariachi music that was a lot of fun and you can catch it on cbsports.com you can find that interview it's live right now. Let's move on though Lisa we still got some games to talk about. Let's talk about one more big winner in this one it's another west coast side taking the win angel city fc going to the east coast facing new jersey new york gotham fc they walk away the winners in this one, one three two one angel city hitting the stride maybe a little bit at the right
0: time what do you think so we both had angel city to win this one uh so winner winner chicken dinner on our behalf um it, I was not expecting this many goals <laughs> in this game. The way I do my notes during games, I like mark out a piece of paper and I have my goals and whatever. And and sometimes I leave a lot of space for all the goals that are gonna happen so I can keep track of them. I didn't leave that much space for this match. I didn't think there was gonna be a lot of goals. I had to get a new piece of paper in the middle of this game as I was calling it because goals, 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 three to one. Um, it starts off really early in this match. Uh, but before any of this happened, we have to talk about the no goal that happened. We have to talk about it because in the opening uh, 15 oh. minutes of the match, I think it was the 12th minute or so there was an opportunity for Gotham to get a goal. And it, it, it was a goal. I'm going to say it was a goal. Sandra, yeah. I want to know your thoughts on this. I was on the call. I gave my thoughts. What Look. are your thoughts on this? If you, if you Ma-Manu, no goal.
1: Look, weren't we talking about cameras just like, <laughs> you know, a month ago. Didn't that come out of the big, uh, you know, Board of Governors meeting? There's going to be cameras at these games. We're going to have the angles going on here. And I, I look, this is a very specific game, in-game time, camera angle. And even with just this specific one or two news, <laughs> you can see, <laughs> you can see just with this one, Lisa, that it's a goal. But not only is it not called a goal, it's it's awarded as a corner, I don't know. Unbelievable. I wish we had answers. If we don't. We don't have answers. We literally just have reactions to it. And I'm sorry, but a missed call like this is huge. Absolutely impacts the game. It completely changes the momentum of a match for both sides of the the, the pitch here for either team. It changes the entire momentum of the match for no matter what team it is. When something like this is disallowed, and the fact that it's happening in a match like this at this point in the season, it's not great. Not great. So, I mean, you said
0: it exactly right, Sandra. This changes everything because of... It's Sorry, I'm dealing with the production side of this. So, in terms of... At this point in the game, 12 minutes in, it was still 0 0 between these two sides. And because this happens, whatever, they miss the goal. Like sometimes that happens. There's no VAR, but why it's called a corner kick, I've absolutely no idea. It should have just been Didi teaches ball as a goalkeeper, considering she saved it, even though it went in. Um, but because that doesn't happen, and at this point, it is at Tied game at 0-0. Angel City then responds. That was in the 12th minute. In the 16th minute, Savannah McCaskill gets on the board first. I don't think that happens. I don't think Savannah DeMello gets as fired up as she did, as nervous, right? When, When your team almost gets scored upon, you then have this fired-up momentum to then take things on yourself. And that's exactly what McCaskill does. She takes this ball herself. She gets in the box. She nutmegs their bony, fantastic nutmeg, and then finds the back of the net. That goal does not happen if the Gotham goal is called a goal or even a a freak, like whatever else it's called besides that. Angel City does not score that next goal. So it changed completely everything for this. It changed the way Gotham was playing. Gotham had great opportunities. They had 22 shots, five on target. They were creating opportunities, sending crosses in the box. But Angel City ends up capitalizing on this one. They get the goal in the 16th minute. They get another one in the 25th minute. And then a third one, a shot in the 35th minute from Emsley, um, which probably should have been saved by Michelle Bedos. It, it was miss. Um, opportunity from her to save that one but going into the halftime three nil for Gotham is really rough when it could have potentially been one nil maybe one two at that point
1: yeah I I, I'm with you 100 percent um I just you know and I just I'm sorry you can't look at these you can't look at this match in particular and look at these two teams right and say well you know, what does it matter? Like, Gotham has been struggling all season. Like, they're not going anywhere, you know, but that's bull. That's, like, a really bull, I think, take for, for you know, for someone to have because it's just, like, you're trying to close out your season strong. You're trying to close out your season on momentum, you know, and if you can potentially get a result or a win against a team that's in the middle of a playoff push, because this this ends up benefiting Angel City in a number of ways, right? They're, they're, they're still keeping – Pace on the table, um, you know. I think that 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 totally is like a big. It, it just is like another downer on top of the other list of downers that that Gotham has been 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 going towards. And and you're looking at uh, an Angel City side, like I said, that is trying to keep pace in this playoff table. And they, you know, they entered into this weekend a point behind a potential sixth uh, place uh, standing in the upper half of the table. And they're still in that position because, you know, they end up walking away uh, with the win in this one. But on the Angel City side of things, regardless of this moment, right, I think this is a team that is going to continue to cause trouble, you know, for other teams in in their way, quite frankly, as as the season continues to kind of close out. I thought this was a game that was tailor-made for a player like Simone Charlie. I thought there were moments where we saw this Gotham FC side. They're trying some things, right? They've got their interim and Menzies. and this coaching staff is perhaps trying to just get different looks, get opportunities for more players out on the pitch. We've got to see the start with uh, Taylor Smith for Gotham in, in this one. And, and, I'm just like curious to sort of see like some of these in-game adjustments that we were seeing from Gotham is just to sort of get more looks at players on the roster, quite frankly. And then you but in doing that, maybe you're opening some space on the pitch in areas where you didn't anticipate, and you see a player like Charlie going out there and yes. absolutely taking advantage of these uh of these pockets and of these areas, right? So um, I think even, even with that early moment, even with that 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 sort of that that blatant kind of miscall, um, you see a team like Angel City kind of go in and take care of business. And I think that's just uh, the continuation of uh, the momentum that they that this team have had for the yeah. last few weeks, kind of, you know, really trying to chase, uh, you know, a playoff position. Uh, themselves you know so they're undefeated in their last four games it's it's a little bit of a win draw win draw win kind of kind of situation uh but but they're hanging in there they're absolutely hanging in there uh we've got some more games uh, to get through uh we wanted to chat a little bit about the big winners first uh but let's talk about the games that were maybe a little bit more narrow in, in in this one games that perhaps we thought were going one way But ended up playing out another way. Let's start with Orlando Pride versus OL Rain. Lisa, listen, this one ended 2 1 in the rain, right? And we're going to talk about how OL Rain came out on top. But I'm sorry, the spider? (laughs) You got to start with that first. Break it down. Yes, I did
0: not realize that this was going to be a moment that everyone was still talking about on Monday morning. People <laughs> in our town were like, what's happening with the spider? Uh, yes, we are calling this game, and I was in the booth with Mike Watts. It was a great call. He's such a fantastic commentator. Um, and before you know it, there's – well, I, I was watching a spider crawl along the wall on the booth very coming near me. And I was, I had an eye on it, had my eye on the spider while still watching the game, of course. And as it got a little too close to me, I just turned off my headset. You can we can mute ourselves and and talk to each other or call for whatever we need to do. So I muted myself and I stood up from my desk and I grabbed one of my pieces of paper and I just crushed it against the wall. And as I'm crushing it, I look over and Mike Watts is watching me and he's like, What the heck is happening? So he says was that a spider? So I quickly have to like unmute myself and then defend <laughs> myself on a broadcast when I'm just trying to protect myself from a spider. Wow. I will say it was very, very small. Otherwise, I probably would not have killed it or I would have like taken off my shoe and smacked it. It would have been much more than just pressing a piece of paper over oh, it. Uh, but yes, there was a spider in the booth. Don't worry, I handled it everyone. If it was bigger than... Um, I don't know, maybe a speck of dirt. I wouldn't have handled it, but I'm telling you, it was very, very tiny. Uh, yeah, spiders don't like the rain. They come inside for that one, but handled oh, wow. it. No worries. But besides the spider, it was a fantastic game. On
1: the pitch. Right. Moving on.
0: <laughs> happy to happy to explain that one for everyone. That was just like, what is happening? There's a Look, spider. In I'm,
1: the not, I'm not going to lie to you, buddy. I was watching this game. heard you on the call. I, I too had the same reaction. I was like, "Well, I can't wait to ask <laughs> Lisa about this." And we went the entire weekend. I didn't bring it up to it all because I'm like, "I'm gonna save. I want to save it for the show." But like, look, that's just a really good example of some of the things that the, <laughs> that, the that the that you all have to deal with in the booth. You <laughs> have to be multi. You have to be multitaskers, and sometimes you have to just uh, protect your set. And I oh appreciate. Multitasking is like such downplaying
0: of that. We were watching like a million different things, a million different screens, talking to each other, producers in our ear and then uh, bugs on the wall. So got to yes. handle it. No worries.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad that you had such bravery in that moment. Your re- your reaction wasn't like, actually, we we got to end the broadcast. We need to <laughs> burn down this entire booth. Sorry. Goodbye. Love that for you. Uh, also love the win for, for OL Reign. Yeah. This one had a rain delay. Lisa talking about things that you have to adjust to or make uh, different multitasking things and sort of adapt to in real time. A little bit of a rain delay, kind of a a head of kickoff for this one. So not something that maybe was like, hey, let's stop it in the middle of the game and then get back to it. It was in the buildup to kickoff. So this one got, you know, got going maybe about a half hour later or so. We saw some cool things. Uh, inside the the facilities. We saw the rain kind of channeling their inner Adele. That was very nice. Perhaps that was the X factor in this game. Although Orlando kept it interesting. I thought for a second maybe they were going to come out victorious, and that's part of us talking about these games in this segment, about where we thought games were going and how we felt they were going to play out because Maggie Dory Howard converts, converts, for Orlando Pride, and they go up early in this game. But Bethany Balser and Megan Rapino put the game on ice, and Ol Rain walk away with the win 2 1. This was um,
0: a very, very fun game to call and to watch as a fan of anyone that was watching it. O'Leary controlled a lot of this game, and Orlando. Um, I mean, we've talked about Orlando so many times on this podcast about how they're doing so many different things and, and they're changing things up. They're winning games. They're pulling out goals. I mean, like this goal doesn't happen unless there's a bit of a high press from Orlando as O.L. Rain's looking to build out. And frankly, it's a mistake on O.L. Rain as Hyatt looks to play it out of the back line and Doherty Howard picks it off. She ends up shooting it from distance and it gets deflected by Alana Cook that's sliding over to make the save. Like, there, obviously, it's a coulda, shoulda, woulda situation. And and in sports, there are so many of those situations. And hindsight's always 20-20. But perhaps if Alana Cook doesn't even make that slide tackle, is it an easy save for Fallon Tullis-Joyce? Does it go over the crossbar? Like, there are so many options that happen because the shot, the way it was taken was going towards frame from Doherty Howard. But if it takes that deflection off Alana Cook, Tullis-Joyce has no no way of saving it because it's a deflection. Um, So when Orlando got on the board first, I I think that the response from OL rain was incredibly professional. They just continued (laughs) truck, away, plugging away at this game and they don't get one in the first half, right? They go into the halftime. OL rain is down one nil at this point. And Orlando at this point should be feeling very confident about what they've been able to do as Seb Hines, um, coach for Orlando said before this match that this was going to be Orlando's biggest test as they head into an incredibly tough final five games of this regular season this was the first test but it was at home they had a lot of momentum riding on them yes the rain delay delayed at 30 minutes which does mess up both teams slightly but to get on the board first I think Orlando had a a talk in the locker room at halftime saying that we need to stay on this attacking side of things. That you need to get another one against an OL Rain side, but it doesn't come. I mean, the, Megan Rubino had a fantastic game. Like, that's all I've got to say. She is anyone that disagrees that she shouldn't be on the U.S. roster. Um, just watch this game. She played lights out the defensive side of the ball. She was working back everywhere to win it back, to shield players off the ball, quick touches. She kept the ball moving. She ends up getting the assist on the ball circle. And then she scores one of her
1: own for the game winner in this one. This game, I mean, you know, Megan Rapinoe's had, you just got to call it like you see it. Megan Rapinoe's had a good month period. Um, Yes. It's just one of these players that you could sort of see kind of finally maybe hitting their stride a bit where things were kind of, you know, are aligning, you know, after a really slow start to 2022, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, massive, massive game for her, um, in this one, um, really cool to see, uh, her kind of get the game winner essentially. Uh, but also like serving up that it, like the, the ball circle for me was probably like my most favorite goal in, in the, in this match, quite frankly, I love the service, you know, from, from Rapinoe, the, the, the placement on the header by, by Ballser it was like dime after dime. And then it was like through the, through the goal. So I, I, uh, I really love that this was the equalizer by by the rain in, in this one and just sort of like the come from behind, quite frankly, as well in this one, I think the rain are a team that have sort of quietly, you know, been this kind of upper half te- uh, table team for a little while now. And they haven't necessarily had statement esque type mm-hmm. of games. Like we're looking at games that maybe are a little bit of statement games. And I think like, San Diego Wave against Portland could could have been a, 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 little, a little bit of that. Um, we had Houston go on the run that they did, and I think that they had a statement game a, a little while back. And for this one for me was a little bit uh, of that for, for O.L. Reign. I think, yeah, I think you're looking at two teams in different areas of the table. But this is an Orlando Pride team that, yeah, sure, they're in eighth place outside looking in. But we're talking about a team that's gone on a sudden game undefeated streak right now. Uh, They were a very hot team and they were at home going up against uh, this old rain side that were coming off of a, a little bit of a match heavy, uh, a week, right. Sort of participating in that women's cup and everything. So to not only be able to get the win, but sort of end another team's streak, get a big three points, right. Continue to, to maintain your place in the upper half of the table and doing it while getting not just one, but two of your kind of more prolific goal scorers goals, uh, I love that for, for the ring. So I thought it was a big win for them uh, to sort of exit out the weekend of. So congrats are in order to them. And we've got a couple other games to get through. Houston Dash versus the Spirit. Lisa, talk about a game where we thought it was going one way and then ended up going another. Spirit getting on, or excuse me, uh, Houston getting on the board in, in this one. Uh, Spirit equalizing and then pulling ahead on a couple of goals by Ashley Hatch.
2: But oh, then uh,
1: too, back to back from Hatch, it was great. Yeah, but the the way this one finished, it just is like another. It's just like another one. Uh, the tenth draw. It's the tenth draw for this Washington Spirit side conceding late stoppage time.
0: Yeah, oh, it's this was. Nice. I mean, there are so many moments in this game where I was like, wow, Washington's going to win it out. Angela Salem on the sidelines being the acting head coach for Washington. They're doing so many things right. I mean, conceding early in the the 22nd minute to Houston, um, getting on the board. It, by Schmidt Sophie Schmidt getting this one was great right for Houston it was a really good goal and Washington conceding I wasn't surprised kind of as, as how that unfolded but I loved their response right second half uh within a three minute span Ashley Hatch gets a brace she gets a the lead for her team and for Washington. And then it became a moment of, okay, now can spirit manage this game? And they did okay, right? They managed it until the very end. It was another stoppage time goal, um, which is huge for Houston. Houston picks up three points at this. They stay towards the top of the NWSL standings, which is something that, They wanted to do right. This was a game that they could have dropped three points to to Washington and it would have dropped them in the standings. They would have dropped all the way down um, like below Portland. They would have been fifth right now at this point. So the fact that Houston was able to pull out a tie on this one was just massive massive and my heart breaks a little bit for Washington um in I don't know for Angela Salem if she were to be able to get a win in her first game as as acting head coach that would have been crazy but it, it didn't happen they end up splitting these points both of us had Houston taking the win in this one yeah. um both of us wrong because it ends up a draw two two
1: yeah I mean sometimes that's soccer maybe right I think that's what wow. we, we talk about sometimes is that they you can get a win you can get a loss, but you can also get a draw. Right. Uh, at least in the regular season. And I just, um, yeah, it was painful. It was painful, honestly, to watch that ending. I really, I really thought the spirit were going to be able to, to kind of pull some things off, but, uh, yeah, uh, another, another moment in which, you know, defensively they, they're unable to sort of, you know, close out a game and it leads to, to their 10th, their 10th draw in the regular season, winless since May 1st, uh, Tough one. I think wow. I think if you're looking at a team like Gotham and saying, "Oh, what a really tough season for them," I think you also got to include the the spirit in, in that conversation as well. Maybe maybe tough in a, in a different type of way, but uh, Houston Dash being able to go ahead and, and and maintain their base quite frankly, you know, in, in the hunt for 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 the shield, in, in the hunt for perhaps uh, first place still as well. Uh, they're 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 keeping up uh, with with the rest of the Joneses in the top of the table. Let's uh, close out this final match of the weekend, Kansas City Current versus North Carolina Courage. Listen, these two teams played to a wild 4-3 scoreline just a few weeks ago. And, of course, we came on the preview, Lisa, and we were like, that's probably not going to happen again. And it didn't. But they said instead of seven goals, we'll give you five. Kansas City coming out as the winners in this one. 3-2, 3-2, to two victors over North Carolina Courage. I believe we both had Kansas City in this one, Lisa. I had a draw. You had a draw, Bonte? Yes. I thought oh. that it was going to be like a
0: 2-2 draw. Um, I, I, You did have Kansas City, though, so they extend their streak. It's <laughs> insane. Just insane. Lola Bonte gets a second penalty kick in back-to-back games that she puts away. That was what opened the scoring in this one in the fifth minute. And then – North Carolina equalizes. Caroline gets on the board in the 28th minute. Then at the start of the second half, Caroline gets a second one, her brace of the game. And CC Kaiser, Kansas City, they respond. Kristen Hamilton ends up getting one just before the hour mark. It was uh, a lot of lot happening at the start of that second half. Both teams coming out, firing on all cylinders, ready to go and and. Kansas City ends up getting three, which is just huge. This is a big win for Kansas City to get this over North Carolina. This was also a big um, standings playoff implication game between these two sides because where North Carolina was sitting, they were coming off of two back-to-back wins. And if they won this one, they would have continued to jump and climb. Meanwhile, Kansas City, they have coming off of a draw. So they lost points last week in that 1-1 draw over Angel City. They they dropped two points, um, but this win for them, Jumped them up in the standings, and I think that's it's huge that Kansas City got this win, and it really, really hurt North Carolina at the end of it.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know there's eyes on Carolina right now at at this moment. They're a team that has the most games remaining in their schedule. They they went on a couple uh, you know back to back uh, results there big blowout win over Chicago, you know, coming off of that one. But we were a little curious, I know, in this one, if we were going to see um, Diana Ordonez, we saw that she was listed as questionable, you know, coming off with with that shoulder uh, injury. Uh, Naha saying that it was more uh, precautionary, if anything. So cool to, uh, to, to be able to see her, uh, you know, still be able to get tagged with the start in, in this one. But this was a game for, I guess, you know, uh, Caroline to be able to shine a little bit. Uh, big for her to be able to get um, – you know, the brace for, for this team because I feel like it's sort of been is mostly uh, the target um, yes. in recent matches for Carolina. So really cool to sort of see her find the back of the net. But Kansas City, man, like, continuing, like, look, Kansas City current they just keep on rolling, just rolling yes. down the river, quite frankly. Are you They're doing kidding? it. See
0: Piper is such a huge acquisition for this for this uh Kansas City side. They she has changed everything for them. She adds such a big threat up top. It takes a little bit of pressure off of Kristen Hamilton to score all those goals, Elise Bennett to score goals, and Kaiser can step up and she's frankly been doing it. It's so great to see. I mean, you just mentioned Caroline, three assists or three goals on the year, two assists for her. Um, getting that brace was really big as well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I just like how sort of week in week out with this Kansas City team, like you can point at a at a player in a certain position and just sort of see the type of game and the impact that they're having, uh, you know, for uh, for Kansas City. Um, like I just thought this was another really good game for Loera. I think she's again, I said it when we started talking about this game, how Kansas City's kind of kind of, kind of quietly had this like very successful uh, kind of rise, but. I, I think in terms of so many rookies in the rookie landscape, having really good seasons, somebody like Alex Loera has sort of also been quietly having a really good rookie season as well. Um, and uh, maybe not in the, in the top or in the bright lights of, of perhaps people's rookie of the year candidates. But um, you know, I think that she's been, she's been having a really, really good season. And I thought this was another game in which she kind of show uh, showcase some of her, her, her set. you know, picking up, uh, picking up that assist on that CC Kaiser goal, you know. So we're talking about a really good acquisition, um, you know, mid-season acquisition for the current, but also like a really good draft pick, you know, both linking up for this particular goal. Um, love that, and I, and of course, like, hello, like all the goal celebrations, like every goal scorer had a different celebration, from Labanta on the penalty, Kai- Kaiser on the go-ahead, and then Hamilton on the on the game winner like this was just I loved it I, I love so, that not only are they playing well but they're playing with joy and they're playing with a lot of fun right now and you love to see that out of a team
0: so I missed the first um opening like 10 minutes of this match live I did not get to watch it live it was in the middle of a little bit of travel um and I ended up seeing the Labanta penalty kick on social media first and usually I just watch the goal and then I move on or I do something else especially if I know I'm about to just watch the game that's about to happen and you see the goals that happen at the highlights at halftime post game whatever but as I'm watching this on Attacking Third Twitter I see the (laughs) little and uh, I'm with Lori Lindsay and we're watching this highlight and all of a sudden I'm like wait wait we have to see the celebration what does Lowe do what's the celebration now for Kansas City it's become so much more um, they have personality on their team right I loved the guitar from Kristen Hamilton she used her leg as a guitar done a little windmill action it was fantastic to
1: see I like to follow up on that it makes me it makes me excited to watch this game or watch this team in their next game. Like, what what are they going to pull out next, you know? So hopefully uh, we'll get to see some more cool stuff from this Kansas City current side. That's it for the matches. Uh, Before we close out, we want to let everybody know the standings. We've been doing them month to month. And we like to do a little comparison game as well. San Diego ended July in first place, and they faltered a little bit during the month of August. But guess what? It doesn't matter because they're closing out August – back in first place. So, San Diego Wave in first place on the table, Houston uh dash uh in excuse me, Houston dash in second place with 29 points. So, 31 for the Wave, 29 points for the dash. Kansas City Current in third place with 29 points. Houston uh excuse me, Portland Thorns falling to fourth place with 28 points. All-Rain in fifth place with 27 and Chicago Red Stars closing out in sixth place with 26 points. Let's look at the bottom half of the table. Angel City still in seventh with 25 points. Orlando Pride in eighth place with 21 points. North Carolina Courage jumping up to ninth place with 16 points. Racing Louisville FC in 10th place with 14 points. Washington Spirit in 11th place with 13 points. And Gotham FC in 12th place with 12 points. We'll see how September shakes out. Stay tuned. We'll have more for you all. As always, thanks so much for listening to Attacking Third. We will be back with more for you midweek. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Attacking Third. Stay tuned for Sandra and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third.